Well, well, well. We've got some contract stuff to talk about on this episode. We still don't have a contract for Trevor Zegris and Jamie Drysdale. We'll talk about that and how it's affecting training camp and maybe preseason on this episode of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everyone to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network or TLOPN or as I sometimes say, TLOP in. Yeah, that's right. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. A reminder that you can also find us ad-free on Amazon and also on the YouTubes. So check us out there. So we've got a full slate of stuff to talk about. So we'll get to that very quickly today. And we're going to start off with, well, what else? The contract holdouts. And I put holdouts in quotation marks because this is technically not a holdout situation. They're just not signed. I mean, some people will call this a holdout. Some will say, oh, hardball. Okay, no. Like, there's not a whole lot of hardball here. So, you know, there is no sky is falling here. Everyone kind of calm down. There is talks. There is progression. Trevor Zegris, it's been widely reported, is probably going to get a contract in the neighborhood of three, four, five million dollars. Now, it has been widely reported that they did agree on the number of years. Three-year contract, which would make this a bridge contract for Trevor Zegris in the amount of about three, four million dollars, which is not a terrible move because the salary cap is expected to go up considerably in a few seasons. And I think based on what happened last, I mean, last season was a hot mess. It was a disaster. Yeah, it was bad. So the Ducks offering him this much, or I guess I shouldn't say lack of money because there are other comparable players that are his age that are getting a little bit more. That's fine. But for the Ducks, I think they are thinking a little bit more long-term and thinking about that big jump that Trevor is definitely going to want. And you've got to think that maybe, maybe he will improve much more this coming season. That's the hope. Also, Jamie Drysdale. It sounds like that's progressing as well. We don't have a number yet on what Drysdale's going to get. I would assume that Drysdale's going to get a little bit less. Based on the number that Zegers was looking at, I would suspect that maybe, maybe we're looking at $3 million for Jamie Drysdale. Could be another bridge deal. I mean, I don't foresee a long-term deal for Jamie Drysdale just yet. Again, he only played a handful of games last season. He's been hurt. But he is fully healthy. He's ready to go. He's just got to get with his teammates. So we'll talk about that in a second. But I looked at other holdouts, contract holdouts, over the past you know few decades in the National Hockey League. And... There's there's a couple of notable ones that I just have to briefly mention because 
you know, this did come up numerous times in recent press. Um, how about the major holdout with, you know, Willie, William Nylander for the Toronto Maple Leafs? This was only four or five years ago, I, I want to say, where Nylander set an NHL record for the longest contract holdout during the cap era. And he was eventually signed. I want to say this was 20-something days into the season. Yeah, it, it was it was a long time, folks. And finally, Nylander got a six-year, I think it was like a 6.9 AAV deal with Toronto, which was... A little bit lower than what he was asking for. I think he was asking for seven, seven and a half million, because this was after a season where Nylander was really coming into his own and making a name for himself. And this goes all the way back to 2016 when Nylander had a breakout season with the Toronto Marlies. He made his debut with the Leafs in 16, but it was that playoff run with the Marlies in 2016 when they eventually fell to, I think they felt they fell to Hershey. Yeah, because the Lakery Monsters beat Ontario. Hershey beat the Marlies in 2016. Okay, I remember now. <laughs> and Nylander, I thought, was going to lead the Marlies over, over Hershey. I thought we were going to see a Lake Erie Toronto final. We didn't. And then the following year... Nylander really broke out in 2017. So I thought, okay, great. 61 points in a full season. Sound familiar, Ducks fans? And he repeated that the following season. So I'm thinking, oh, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot of money. I remember there was a couple of Twitter folk out there saying, oh, Willie deserves $8 million. Just pay the man. They got some room. As it turns out, they really didn't have that much cap room. So looking back, maybe the 6.9 was a smart choice for the Maple Leafs. But that was a long, long holdout for William Nylander. And that was even longer than Kyle Turris with, um, I think it was the Coyotes. So this this was a long, long, long time. And even most recently, we saw this with Brady Kachuk, with the Ottawa Senators. Kachuk missed a slight amount of time, but it turned out okay, I think. Uh, Yeah, Kachuk did wind up with a seven-year deal worth about $57 million. So he got his $8 million per season, a little over $8 million per season, but that is also one of their captains. So he's an important part of the Sens' present and future. And then the big one, the one that I remember the most was Steve Larmer. Now, a lot of you younger viewers might not know who Steve Larmer is. So Steve Larmer was the Iron Man at the time. He played with the Chicago Blackhawks. He entered his option year in 1993, but he was only making $700,000 a season, and this was the start of when players were starting to make much more money. That's when many more players were getting contracts into the multi-million dollar range. And he didn't want to play in Chicago. And he wanted to change the scenery. 
so he requested a trade. Chicago did not acquiesce to his ask. At the time, he had an 884-game Ironman streak, just 80 behind Doug Jarvis. And this was going to be an 84-game schedule. So that means he would have broken the record at the end of the 94 season if he played. But training camp opened. Larmer didn't show up. So then it was, okay, maybe the league might have some kind of exception. Where they say, okay, maybe those games won't count and it won't go against the streak. Nope. That was quickly turned aside. So opening night, 93. The Blackhawks had their first game at Chicago Stadium against the brand new team, Florida Panthers. And Larmer didn't play. His streak ended. Yeah. But as it turns out, good for Larmer because guess what? He was traded a month later to the New York Rangers, part of a three-way deal with the Whalers. And I think it turned out okay for Larmer because... He got traded to the New York Rangers. And oh, what did they do in 1994? Oh, they won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> but this is nowhere near that. I mean, the Zegris Drysdale situation is nowhere near that. So once again, I'm going to repeat what I said a few minutes ago. Calm down. This is not a huge deal. And I'll tell you exactly why the Ducks should not be worried long term on the other side. But first, I want to talk to you guys about, you know, something that I'm very happy to talk about. And that is Bird Dogs, because it has been hot as you know what here. And Bird Dogs are some of the most comfortable shorts that I've ever worn. And as a runner, I love the in-short liners. Those liners are a lifesaver. Also helps a little bit with breathability down there. So I like them a lot. Um, Also got some sweatpants from them. And you know what? They're pretty freaking comfortable, guys. So, you know, they're moisture wicking. They have the liner. They're not super boxy around your legs. They actually sculpt sculpt around your thighs. So it kind of makes your legs look a little bit good. Especially for a runner like me. I think it makes my legs look fantastic. So... If you want to try Bird Dogs for yourself, head over to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or use promo code LockedOnNHL at checkout to get a free water bottle with any purchase. And if you're anything like me, you're going to be carrying around that water bottle as you're running. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts. We guarantee it. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, Locked In with Jason J.D. Hernandez. So I mentioned some of the other holdouts that have happened in the past. I don't think the Ducks should be worried long term, despite some tweets that I saw about a couple other Ducks holdouts of their recent past. And that would be Hampus Lindholm and Ricard Raquel. They were holdouts into the season, and this was back in 2016, 20, yeah, 2016. And Hampus Lindholm wasn't signed right away. He was an RFA, and that went into the season. Ricard Raquel, that went into the season, and they both got signed. 
they both got signed signs to pretty solid deals. And that worked out fine that season. 2017, the Ducks made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, they had a terrific season. Lindholm was fine. Raquel was fine. Coming off of some pretty solid younger seasons. So that worked out for a while. Then again, those were somewhat longer term deals. But I still don't think the Ducks should be worried long term. Because it does sound like Zegris is in their long-term plans. And I think the thing to realize is because the salary cap only went up by $1 million this season as opposed to 2 or $3 million, I think the Ducks were kind of hoping that they can just get a long-term deal done right away. But there are some other long-term, term, <laughs> long-term deals that the Ducks need to worry about. I'm leaving this all in, folks. And that is John Gibson, the number of years he has left on his contract. How about Cam Fowler, the number of years he has left on his contract. And I think this might be a little bit of backtracking here because the Ducks are looking at those other contracts that they just made and went, oh, maybe that was a little longer than we thought we were going to give. And maybe that was a little bit more money than we thought we were going to give. So I think the Ducks are waiting for a lot of those deals to go by the wayside. And then they can finally sign JD and Trevor to a much longer term deal. So that's partially why I'm not worried. It is because those deals are going to get longer and longer. That cap money is going to go up much more than frankly, we're going to anticipate. Um, Let me backtrack to what I just said. The salary cap only went up by a million this season. The Ducks do have money left over. They have the most cap space in the league right now. Then again, they have not signed their full complement of players. So consider that as well. As of right now, they have $16.5 million in projected cap space. If they get JD and Z for about $8 to $9 million combined... That's still going to leave a lot of money on the table. They'll still have about $7 million left in cap space. Even with those two signed, they will still have the third most money left over in the league. The Chicago Blackhawks, they have 12.8 left over. The Buffalo Sabres have $8.7 million left over. But the Sabres are in a much better spot right now. Because the Sabres have some very friendly contracts that they can kind of deal with right now and play a little bit... They could play around with right now. So the Sabres are in good shape. I think the Ducks are about to get in better shape. You also have a couple other contracts that are expiring soon. Adam Henrique, his about $6 million is going to go away. Jakob Silverberg, he's probably going to get a little bit less on his next contract, assuming he sticks around. Frank Vetrano, his is gone in two years. Brock McGinn, his is gone in two years. And the reason I mentioned the three years is the other two contracts that I just mentioned. Cam Fowler, Radko Gudis. They're making a combined $10.5 million over the next three seasons. So, with all of that money that's going to be gone in a few years, between Henrik Silverberg, Fowler, Gudis, Fatrano, McGinn, you're looking at about $27 million that's going to go off the table. And who knows if John Gibson's going to be around for that time as well. 
Also, the salary cap could be a whopping $92 million. That is nine, sorry, eight and a half million more than it is right now. They'll have a lot to work with. So don't worry. Do not worry. Long term, I think this will work out splendidly for the Ducks. And that's that's my hope. That's my anticipation is that the bridge deal will wind up working themselves out. And also, 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 and this is so important to bring up. Yes, those older players are going to be gone. But you're still going to have a core of Terry and Zegras and Drysdale. And you have a slew of players that are about to come up in the next year or two for the Ducks. A lot of young players. I could go down the list of young players that are going to be playing in San Diego this season. A lot of them are 19, 20, 21. Minty, Leno, Warren, Zellweger, Hines, Dostal, Gauthier, Perot, Pasta. I mean, there's just so many. And of course, you have some guy's named Nestorenko. I mentioned Minty. Uh, how about some guy named Leo Carlson? Yeah. And then you have other young guys that are going to be in their core. Um, I got to put more respect on Mason McTavish's name. So I'm going to give him his due right now. Mason McTavish is going to be part of this future. Absolutely. And he should be. That's where the money is going to go in a few years. That's why I'm not worried. At all. Not worried at all. Nope. In fact, I can see the Ducks making the playoffs in about three years. Absolutely. All right, one more thought before we head off, and that is the preseason very, very quickly approaching. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, these holdouts are affecting the Ducks, and it is now directly affecting their training camp because training camp has begun, and there is no Zegris and no Jamie Drysdale out there on the ice. I mean, there's a lot of good players out on the ice right now, but... It is a little bit weird not seeing those two guys out there right now. And yeah, I mean, it is taking away some of the luster that we would normally see. Normally. But it is what it is right now. Oh, and we also have some preseason games coming up fast where Trevor and JD are not going to play. In fact, it's going to be a lot of the younger guys for this first game between... The L.A. Kings, sorry, half of the L.A. Kings and most of the Anaheim Ducks. (laughs) Uh, So this game on Sunday is going to be at the Ponda. I don't know how many fans are going to show up because most of the Kings fans are out in Australia right now. They're checking out that game at Melbourne, Australia, which, by the way, all those fans that are out there, y'all are lucky. Lucky Kings fans going to Australia. Whatever. But anyway, so Kings Kings, sort of. Ducks, sort of. At the Ponda this coming Sunday. Yeah, we're already starting preseason this weekend. Oh, yeah. Then you have against the Baby Sharks at SAP Center. That's only in a few days as well. So it is coming up fast. I do not anticipate those two guys making any of their preseason rosters. And then, of course, you're going to start to have players 
getting cut within a week. And I think next week I'll give my roster predictions after watching some of these preseason games. But it's coming up, and it's coming up really, really fast. So, Ducks fans, make sure you're out of the Ponda. And especially make sure you're out at the two preseason games on September 29th and October 1st. And here's kind of where I'll give like one shout out. So first, I got to give a shout out to a PA buddy of mine, Callan, who is the public address announcer for the San Diego Gulls. He will have his first NHL game September 29th as the Kings take on the Anaheim Ducks at Pachanga Arena in San Diego. So y'all are going to want to go out for that one. And then Sunday, October 1st, that's over a week away. The Baby Ducks take on the Arizona Coyotes at Acrisure Arena in Palm Desert. I will be on the I will be on the mic for that one. So if you guys are going to check out that game, you know, please, you know, drop me a line at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Please let me know if you're planning on going to the game. I would love to say hi to as many of you as possible. And maybe you'll say hi before the game. But I'll be I'll be down there. So make sure to check it out and see the ducks of the future. And I'm predicting a bloodbath. <laughs> I think the baby the ducks prospects are worlds better than the county's prospects. So I'm expecting to see a ducks blowout in that game. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this podcast. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, etc. You can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, drop me a line. Let me know if you're going to go out to Acrisure Arena next weekend. And also, like I mentioned, ad-free on Amazon. And we're on a bunch of other platforms, so be sure to look for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And once again, thank you all for your much-continued support. Greatly appreciate it as, you know, I'm continuing to slowly get better, you know, health issues aside. Slowly getting better. Oh, and also, happy first day of fall, everyone, for Locked on Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the evening. Please remember to be safe out there. Be kind to one another and ducks fly together.